0: Hello Hawks fans and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast we'll be talking about the Hawks' 118-103 win over the Miami Heat. In the deciding game of the season between the two teams, the Hawks get a big win without two of their big contributors and Clint Capella and Trey Young. Without further ado, let's get into it. Coming off that tough loss in New York and losing both Clint Capella and Trey Young to injury, it wasn't clear who the Hawks would have going into their game Friday night against the Miami Heat. They found out during the day that Clint Capella would not be able to go. He tried to get ready, but was just not able to go. And Trey Young, despite getting some good news that the ankle sprain wasn't as severe as initially thought, was definitely out of the game. And so the Hawks went in, missing two of their real big guns. The Miami Heat are trying to get out of that play-in tournament. They're right at the seven seed, and the four through seven seed in the East is really bunched up. So this is a big game, not only to decide the tiebreaker between the Heat and the Hawks, each team has won one game this season, but also in deciding what the standings would be going into this end of the postseason. The Hawks made a interesting move by putting Bogdan Bogdanovich as a starting point guard. They left Goodwin to come off the bench and Bogdan Bogdanovich provided a great spark for the Hawks, continues his strong play, and this game was just a really back-and-forth game. It didn't really get separated until the fourth quarter, and both teams were just hitting shots. There wasn't a lot of defense being played. It was a lot of big-time shot making, and it was a really fun game to watch. There were a lot of lead changes, a lot of uh, ties during this game, so it was just a fun game to watch, and anytime you get the heat you know they're going to be physical, you know with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, you're going to get a defensive-minded team, but the Hawks didn't let that bother them at all, and this was just a fun back-and-forth game. There was tons of scoring in the first half. The Hawks had 62 points in the first half compared to the Miami 61, and it would go back and forth, and again, this was a big game going looking forward into the postseason, especially now that there is the play-in tournament the Hawks and Heat are both trying to avoid that play-in tournament if you're seven eight nine or tenth seed in the standings going into the postseason you have to go into a little tournament to try to get out of that and right now the Hawks are at fifth and the Heat are at seventh so just a really important game and you could tell by the way they pl- both teams played that that was going to be the case now in the first quarter the Heat got off to a scorching start they were five of ten from three in the first and and the hawks hung around and were actually able to take a lead in the fourth in the first quarter but it was a lot of hot shooting from the heat that seemed unsustainable but they were getting good looks it wasn't like the heat were making like ridiculous shots the heat were getting very good look, looks off the three point uh line and the second unit for the hawks who got Danilo Gallinari back did a nice job uh really getting the hawks back into this game and Nathan Knight, who had a really strong stint in this game, scored all four of his points at the end of the first quarter to help the Hawks get a 31-30 to 30 lead going into the second quarter. The second quarter was just a lot of scoring on both teams' parts. They'd each score 31 points. And, you know, that was kind of, it was like this game was going to be 140-140 to 140 at the end of the game. But uh, both teams would sort of lock in on the defensive side of the ball in the third and fourth quarters. And in the fourth quarter in particular, the Hawks would do a really nice job of preventing the Heat from getting any easy looks. They held the Heat to 14 points in the fourth quarter, and the Heat also didn't help themselves in taking some tough shots. Uh, The Hawks did a much better job of running the Heat off the three-point line, and a lot of the shots that were falling early for the Heat, it's a lot harder to hit a three-pointer no matter what the, uh, whether it's wide open or it's defended if you're down seven, and the Hawks got up big in the fourth quarter. They had a big run at the end of the third quarter and going into the fourth quarter. Lou Williams in particular played really strong in that stretch and really blew this game open. Of course, at the end of the fourth quarter, the Heat would make a run and make this game close, but a couple of missed threes by Jimmy Butler and some big time shot making by uh, John Collins and Brandon Goodwin down the stretch helped the Hawks just keep this game at an arm's length and ultimately get the Hawks a 118 to 103 win. Looking at the stats, this was a slower paced game than some the Hawks have played recently. Uh, the Hawks shot 54% of the field, 43 of 80. They were thir- 15 of 35 from three for 43%. Got to the free throw line 19 times and hit 17 of those. They had 38 rebounds, eight of those were offensive, 24 assists. Those assists is huge, especially with Trey Young being out. 14 turnovers is way too many. And with Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich taking over the main um, ball handling responsibilities it wasn't unexpected that you might have more turnovers than usual but 14 turnovers are not going to get it done Um, Miami only had 13 turnovers but one thing that the Hawks did that they did well in New York is they got out in fast break and the Hawks again had double digit fast break points they scored 19 points in fast break and their steals are really doing a good job of getting uh, the Hawks offense out into transition. Kevin Herter himself had five steals in this game, but the Hawks had 12 steals and were able to turn those into those 19 fast break points. The bench came up big for the Hawks. They got Danilo Gallinari back, like I said, and the bench outscored the Heat's bench 51-21. to The Hawks have been struggling scoring off the bench while their rebounding has been a consistent throughout the entire season, and they out-rebounded the Heat even without clint capella the bench scored had really dropped off since gallo had gone out and it was really good to see the big italian come in and hit some really timely threes it felt like anytime the hawks were going to lose touch gallo was there to hit a three-pointer and it um he did a nice job hitting three-pointers to stretch the lead as well there was one uh stretch in the third quarter where gallo hit back-to-back threes And it forced a timeout from Eric Spolstra in the Heat because it pressed a one-point Heat lead into a five-point Atlanta Hawks lead. But uh, really good to see the Rooster back at the farm. And, um, you know, if we can ever get all of the Hawks together, all healthy, you know, that offense is just going to be so tough for any defense to stop. Uh, With Gallo out there, he just is a bucket anywhere, you know, from the free throw line in he's going to hit everything. And then at the three-point line it's just really hard for – the center or power forward who's guarding Gallo to get out there and prevent him from getting his three-point shot off. Um, the Hawks really controlled the paint in the first half, but the Heat would come out, come back in that uh, area. The Hawks would ultimately win forty-six to forty-two in the paint, and they would win in second-chance points as well, fifteen to fourteen. Miami League, again got off and shot the ball really hot to start this game, but eventually they'd uh, come back down to earth. They were thirty-eight of seventy-nine from. The field for 48%, 13 of 37 from three for 35%. Again, five of those threes came in the first quarter. Uh, They got to the free throw line 16 times, made 14. And um, they also had 24 assists. So this was kind of an even game, except for the bench scoring was huge. And uh, it was just really, again, to see Gallinari really come back and provide a spark off the bench. But Brandon Goodwin, we have to talk about B. Goody because he was 6-10 of 10 from the field, 1-5 of from three, made all four of his free throws. He got to the free throw line four times. That's really encouraging from the young man, and he had 17 points. Both him and Callow chipped in with 17 points off the bench. Uh, Lou Williams had 13, and then Nathan Knight had four off the bench. So the Hawks had really nice production from their second unit, and it was good to see the second unit come in and kind of really outplay the Heat's second unit. But uh, going to these individual performances, John Collins really carried the Hawks in that first half. He would finish the game with 20 points on 9 of 14 shooting. He made his only three-pointer that he took, one of two from the free throw line. He had eight rebounds, two of those offensive, an assist, and just one foul. Uh, John was still on a minutes limit, but he did play 32 minutes, so I don't know how much longer that minutes restriction is going to last. But John, it for him to only have one foul in a game, that's huge for John Collins, And again, he really did a lot of damage in the paint. The Heat have gone to a much smaller lineup, and John Collins really took advantage getting to the paint and really taking over and scoring kind of at ease down there. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, starting point guard, he would lead the Hawks in scoring with 21 points, 7 of 13 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3-point shot shooting. His 3-pointers are not always easy shots. I thought one of the most impressive shots he made all night was at the end of the shot clock in the third quarter, he kind of got caught at the top of the uh, key, and he did a little spin move where he was able to get away from Kendrick Nunn and drain a three to keep the Hawks in it. That was part of a little back-to-back threes from Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter. After the 8-0 run that the Heat had to start the third quarter, the Hawks responded with those back-to-back threes to get right back into the game. He had eight assists, a steal, and just one turnover as the starting point guard for the Hawks. Kevin Herter was solid. He was 4 of 9 from the field, 3 of 8 on three-pointers for 11 points. He had four rebounds, six assists, and five steals. The Hawks are doing a much better job of getting into passing lanes and, again, turning those uh, steals into points. I think that fast-break offense is something that the Hawks can continue to improve on and continue to use as a weapon against teams. They have guys who can go and finish, whether that be Kevin Herter, uh, Bogdan McDonovich. Uh, Brandon Goodwin, Lou Williams had a beautiful steal in the fourth quarter, part of a big run that helped uh, the Hawks kind of put this game away. But the Hawks can continue to use that as more of a weapon going forward. Aneka Kongwu had started, and this was a really nice matchup for the rookie, going against Bam Adebayo. Bam is not a physically imposing center. He's, much more, he's a little bit smaller, very skilled, and very fast. And Kongwu held his uh, ground really well against Bam. Okongwu was 2 of 4 from the field. He had 6 points, 7 rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block. And just did a nice job of really hindering Bam Adebayo. Bam would just finish with 16 points, 3 rebounds, just 3 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, and 5 turnovers. Bam's a great passer, and for him to get 5 turnovers is not normal. And a lot of that credit goes to the young man from USC. To round out the starters for the Hawks, they also had... uh, Solomon Hill be in that starting a rotation. He was three of six from the field. He had nine points, um, four rebounds, an assist, and three steals. So Solomon Hill doing Solomon Hill things. He just continues to be a very calming influence for the Hawks. And that veteran influence that is not afraid to go up against a John, uh, Jimmy Butler or get switched on to a Bam Adebayo. Um, And it's just wonderful to see Solomon Hill continue to play well. Talked about the bench. Uh, The Hawks got a huge lift off the bench. None of their players on the bench um, had a negative plus minus. Goodwin led the team with a plus 19 plus minus. Gallo was plus 13 and Lou Williams had a plus 16 um, plus minus to go with those 13 points, two assists and two steals. So just really strong performance up and down this uh, Hawks roster and to get a big win at home against the Heat uh, in such an important situation without Trey Young or Clint Capella. It was wonderful to see the Hawks do that, and they never got really down by any huge margins. The biggest lead for the Heat was that seven-point lead that they took in the third quarter, and the Hawks bounced right back, got into the game, and then they would stretch the lead going into the fourth quarter, and the Heat were able to make this game uncomfortable. They got it within six, within nine and it looks like you know jimmy butler might hit a shot but to the hawks credit they got big performances from you know players that you'd look for to to carry your team whether that was kevin Herter, bogdan Bogdanovic, or john collins on the heat side of things jimmy butler had 19 points seven assists three steals bam at had those 16 points three rebounds kendrick nunn really torched the hawks he was seven of 13 five of nine from three um had 21 points three rebounds two assists and a steal it was good to see Dwayne Deadman back Deadman has signed with the Heat for the rest of the season and after he had been traded to the Pistons by the Hawks and the Pistons actually waived Deadman, he was three of three um made all of his shots had six points John Collins it was fun watching John go against Dwayne and Dedman because they're such good friends and at one point John Collins kind of beat Deadman and was asking for an and one but it was good to see Dwayne Deadman back in the league and then Tyler Hero is 5 of 10 from the field, 2 of 5 on his threes for 12 points and 2 rebounds. But the Hawks did a much better job of running those three-point shooters off of the three-point line and not letting any particular uh, Heat member go off for any huge, huge performance against the Hawks. Sometimes the Hawks can get there's, you know big-time Hawks haters like Goran Dragic, um, Jimmy Butler on the Heat, and none of those guys went off. I thought the Hawks did a nice job of controlling the game. Again, big performances by Brandon Goodwin. I thought Goodwin looked so much better than he did against the Knicks up in New York. Um, and I think Gallinari, you know, there's a couple of irreplaceable skill sets on this Hawks team. There's no one on the Hawks who can pass or shoot the way that Trey Young can. There's um, no Hawk who can replicate what Clint Capella does on the offensive and defensive class. On our bench, there's no one who can step in provides the size and length of Danilo Gallinari and the shooting as well, and so to get him back, you know, missing Trey and Capella hurt for sure, but getting Gallo back was just a huge cushion for the Hawks, and a guy who, again, seemed to hit a three every time that the Heat threatened to stretch the lead out to make the Hawks lose touch or uh, the Heat threatened to get back into the game, so really good to see Danilo Gallinari back, and You know, to see Bogdan Bogdanovich continue his strong play, I just want to highlight Bogdan has been playing so well. And in the games last year, if the Hawks didn't have Trey Young, they didn't have a chance of winning the game. And for Bogdan to come in, step into the starting lineup as the point guard instead of just a two guard, uh, and really flourish, not only score 21 points but have eight assists, he's just been so versatile for the Hawks and a guy that you can tell how much winning means to him. He wants to win. He has a little flair out there. Every three-pointer, he's dropping three fingers. Um, And the guys like to play off of that. And I thought, you know, he's been such a positive influence on Kevin Herter, who looked so aggressive, so confident. He had hit a couple of threes. He had one transition three. He came down dribbling the ball, just stopped, drained a three. No heat member came up to try to guard him. And he had another one where just one pass into the offensive set, Herter was open, so he pulled for the three. That's exactly what he needs to be doing, and he drained it. Um, but I think some of that confidence just stems from Bogdan Bogdanovich, who, you know, he can hit tough shots, but he wants to take the tough shots as well. So big 118 to 103 win for the Hawks over the Heat. It gives the Hawks the tiebreaker over the Heat. They now have the tiebreakers over the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, which should go a long way in not only avoiding the play in but also maybe helping the Hawks get into that fourth seed and get a home court in the first round of the playoffs. But really nice performance by the Hawks. One where, you know, losing a lot of firepower in Clint Capella and Trey Young, didn't miss a beat, got a win over a uh, Southeast division rival against an Eastern Conference opponent and, you know, kept, kept a really good record in those beautiful MLK jerseys and on that beautiful court. But, big win for the Hawks. They now face the Bucks on Sunday. I'm pretty sure that Clint Capella will be back. I'm doubtful that Trey Young will be back, but the Hawks have shown that they can get wins without Trey this season. So uh, hopefully the Hawks will be able to continue their winning streak. Again, you'd love to see under Nate McMillan that they do not have back-to-back losses, and it was just great to see the Hawks come home, get a big win against the Heat. The Kettlecast will be here on Sunday to talk to you after their game against the Bucks. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!